0: Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity, helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The Best of Times, your host, Gary Kaligas.
1: Good morning. Thank you for listening to our radio show. I'm Gary Kaligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine and radio show for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Also thanking those who might be listening live on the Internet at www.710keel.com or listening via the Keel application on their Apple and Android devices. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about a new historical fiction novel by New York Times bestselling author Steve Barry. It's entitled The Kaiser's Web. So stay to the show for some very informa- interesting information from the author about this book. It is Saturday, January the thirtieth, and our show is being broadcast from the studios of News Radio seven ten Kiel and one hundred one point seven FM, a Town Square Media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show is not live; has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept call-in questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Now that we have the COVID vaccine. Vaccines, COVID-19 vaccines. It's going to be up to you to make that decision in the coming weeks and months to get it. Uh, I am planning to get it soon as I am 70, but also I just recently found out that I have the antibodies. So there's going to be a little bit of delay, according to my doctors, for me that needed to get the uh, vaccine for several months from now. So hopefully these vaccines will help the world get back to normal as before. And um, best wishes, and hopefully you do not get COVID-19 in the coming weeks, months, or years, and uh, that these, again, these vaccines will help the world get back to normal, but stay, stay safe and stay healthy, and make sure you continue to wear your mask and do your social distancing. Be sure to pick up the current issue, The Best of Times, in one of our 270 distribution locations. We thank you for the many compliments about our magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a copy, remember just to visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues of our magazine, as well as to view and download the current 2010 2020 excuse me silver pages senior resource directory speaking of silver pages we are working on the 2021 edition of silver pages the 18th edition for 18 years we've been publishing this senior resource directory our most popular publication and it will be del- it will be released to the public on march the 1st of 2021. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're with more sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and A Bears Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer.
0: Gary Kaligas will be right back with more Best of Times Radio Hour after this on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Gary's back with more Best of Times Radio Hour on 1017 FM and 710 Keel.
1: Welcome back to our show, The Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by AERP Louisiana and Ebers tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is a very special guest, this is Mr. Steve Berry, New York Times best-selling author, and he's he's going to discuss his new novel. The Kaiser's Web, which will be available to the public beginning on February the 23rd, but is now available in pre-orders by going to various websites, including Amazon.com or, or SteveBerry.org. So, thank you, Steve, for joining us today here on the Best of Times Radio Hour.
0: Great to be back. I, I think this is my 11th time or 12th it's you,
1: time. This this will be the 12th time that you've been time. you've been on the Best of Times Radio Hour, and and uh, but before we talk about um, the kaiser's web i want to first of all compliment you and your wife for hosting a zoom presentation back in november 20th of last year and it was over, a little over an hour what about an hour and a half Well a little
0: about an hour and a half we were supposed to only do an hour but it kept going
1: oh you had great questions at the end gary participated and was found it fantastic and i've told i've told hundreds of people in my neck of the woods about it and i know they've gone and looked at. Uh, well, uh, YouTube. It's on YouTube. Everybody, you can actually go onto YouTube and search for Steve Berry, and then find the presentation on November twentieth, and it works perfectly. You'll get to see uh, the, the whole same Zoom presentation that we we saw live uh, on that particular day. And what tells Steve what you you discussed the secrets of the Smithsonian, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, it was a thing we did for the Smithsonian to. Uh, sort of draw attention to the Smithsonian Libraries. I served on the Smithsonian Libraries Advisory Board for six years and we were, you know, helping them raise some money and we talked about the libraries. We talked about uh, the Lost Order particularly as an right. author I wrote that has the, that's set in the Smithsonian. And all the things that I went into the researching of that. And they can go to my website, too, at steveberry.org. There's a, a YouTube. We have a link there to all of our videos, and they can go there and Good. see it as well. It was, a, it was a lot of fun.
1: Well, and it brought up a lot of questions that um, you know I've asked you, but other people probably ask you other ones. So you'll be, you get to hear Steve and Elizabeth answer some of these questions. And um, he'll take a tour of his library, and he'll tell, explain to you about all his book collections and where he keeps books. And you have you do have a lot of books, a lot of reference books, but probably I do. thousands of them you have to get rid of eventually in all in all these many 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 years as well. Again, I highly recommend everyone that you, you consider watching. Again, you can go to his website steveberry.org and and look at the November twentieth um, Zoom presentation uh, regarding the secrets of the Smithsonian, and it will be discussing the Lost Order, uh, one of his historical. Uh, fictional novels, which I found fascinating, really fascinating. So, as I mentioned to you uh, earlier, uh, this is going to be our twelfth show. And uh, I've, every time I meet somebody new that's listened to the show or I talk about you, they ask me, "Gary, how did you find him?" I say, "Well, it's a it's an interesting story. I was uh, happened to be uh, at a book bazaar of our local college, sitting near a book college." and uh, a book I don't know if happens that just fell out it was the Roman all prophecy and I picked it up and read it uh, some of it snipped through it and felt it was fascinating and, and bought that and took it home and read it and it was fascinating and um, after that I decided to call him and uh, you graciously accepted and be on the show for uh, um, this will be 11 12 straight years to discuss your books in advance and I know you have a great following in our area by the way uh, more and more and more people are telling me that. Uh, thank you, Gary, for for introducing me to this uh, this great thriller novel, novel author, and uh, and a lot of people have learned from you. And by the way, anytime people have book bazaars, um, your books are amongst the first that go. I, I tend a few of them, and I, I ask – "Is oh, we have none left? They're all picked up already, Gary." So is so that, that, isn't that interesting? How Good just you know. that? How how that? But I'm proud to say that I have read every one of your books and on every one of your e-books and found them all fascinating. And we're, we're going to talk about some of them, but in uh, hopefully giving us time in this uh, 45 minutes of talk time. So one of one of my readers wanted me to ask you, why do all your novels tend to focus on little-known historical facts?
0: because that's what interests me that's what draws my attention it's that little known thing from history that is real it has to be real i can't make it up so it has to be real and and i'm I'm hoping that if it interests me it's going to interest the reader and so i that was sort of the we all have our niche that we carve out and that's sort Mm of my niche i find this thing from history um Like with the Kaiser's Web, I was doing some research on another novel a few years ago, totally unrelated to to the subject of the Kaiser's Web, and I stumbled onto something from World War II that I didn't know. I went like, wow, I didn't know that. Uh, And then I looked at it some more and looked at it some more, and eventually uh, that became the Kaiser's Web when I found this interesting thing i'm gonna be a little very nebulous because the book's not out and you know and even so i don't want to give anything away no we don't want you to something it is something that shocked me i was surprised i went like wow that that can't be right but actually it was (laughs) and uh and i was able to weave a novel around it i've been wanting to put cotton alone in world war ii in a world war ii type of issue for a long time but the the problem is those issues have been done to death. I mean, there's
1: been just
0: thousands and thousands of books and novels written on all the subjects that has been done to death.
1: It has. And I has. came
0: across something that had not been done, that no one had really messed with before, really, really dealt with before. And so I said, well, that's pretty interesting. And so uh, that's where the Kaiser's Web came from.
1: Well, the other thing that I tell this individual, he was comparing you to some other authors that write uh, historical fiction novels. That uh, the, the gentleman said, "Well, uh, I haven't read one of his books, but I hear you talk about him a lot and but I said, Well, you know James, the one difference than him that I've seen at other authors that I've read that write that write historical is he tells you at the end um, an editor's notes which What's true and what's fiction? He said, "No, he doesn't. Nobody does that. They, you know, everybody has. They let the skeptics and the, the conspiracy theory people talk about that." I said, "No, no, no, no. He he actually shares it with you and gives you references, and you can look it up. And every one, right? And every one of your books. Everyone, every,
0: every one of the books. I, I don't want a reader leaving a novel, thinking something's true when it's not." But it's usually the other way around. The reader thinks I made it up, mm-hmm. and realizes I didn't.
1: Well, that's because what I thought. I, try
0: to keep, I keep the novel as close to reality as I can, about 90% to reality. I have to trip it up a little bit because it's a novel, and I have to entertain you. So that 10% is where I explain it. But I pretty much explain all the things that, as you're reading the book, you go, that, that, that can't be real, that, that's not right, no, that's wrong. But, but it is, and I want the reader to leave there with an understanding. Now, one thing I caution readers, please do not read The Writer's No First, because it's going to give away every secret in the book. So, you know, don't do that. Read it last.
1: And th- that's what I told the gentleman, but of course he didn't believe it, so uh, uh, so we were actually in a in a bookstore when he was talking about this, and so I found your, your novel at one of these bookstores and, <laughs> and showed it to him, and he says, okay, I'm going to read it. And um, the book he read, picked up, was The Lost Order. And so hopefully, be, uh, I haven't Touch base with him. This has been a few months ago. Uh,
0: that's, a, that's a good story. It deals with the Smithsonian, something right. Smithsonian, but it also, but it also f- explains how Cotton Malone got the name Cotton Malone. Right. So there's a there's a it's a it's a whole novel that basically deals with that. But it also deals with something fascinating from the Smithsonian that uh, that I think the reader will go like, Wow, I didn't know that.
1: And that's what I, I really compliment you. And I've, I've been uh, that's why I plug you a lot is saying that you know you don't have to do your own research to determine if some of this is true or false. He helps you. Plus you can further you can keep going and Google and which I do with your books. After that I spend a little time and and looking you know get more of the rest of the story about it. So uh, it, it it makes you think it, and those little known historical facts as we I hate to say this as we age we tend to enjoy history more. At least I do. Uh, I, I think many years ago, I think I told you that in previous shows, I was not interested in history. But now, you know, I think past 10 years, when I was 60, I became more fascinated by historical I'm glad, and glad I'm, I'm reading about all this and sharing it with my family and friends as well. Um, so, but explain to our listeners again, you put these facts, but you put it in a way, these historical little-known facts, you put it in a story to make it easy reading,
0: right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Am I- the object of a novel is to entertain people. It's, this is not a textbook. I'm not, you know, if you can learn something along the way, that's just wonderful, but the number one thing is I've got to entertain you. You've got to read it. You've got to be going, wow, what's going to happen next? You know, what's happening? And so the the hardest challenge for someone who writes what I write and I write action, history, secrets, conspiracies, which today that's called an international suspense thriller. The the hardest thing for someone who writes those is is mixing information with action and it's it, it's it's hard you have to give just enough information to keep everybody going but but you also have to mix in enough enough action so the story is entertaining and fun and and I'm not saying I'm great at it or perfect at it but I but I do work very hard to mix information and action in a good formula where you don't get too much or too little of either one of them
1: and the other compliment I have of you is some authors that I read and I tell these to people, uh, their chapters go on for hundreds and hundreds of pages, and you have generally short chapters, lots of them, four or, pages, uh-huh? four pages, and I four think, pages, right? Tops. <laughs> and that is easy, re- easy reading and more understandable, and you generally have a, a, a point to, to to place in that particular. And chapter that you talk about, which, you know, I'm not an expert writer here, but I, I found that was much easier reading than some of these that go on and on and on, and there may be five or six points in over 150 pages, and, you know, you you say, wow, you know, couldn't you have decide, uh, made that in little segments that we could probably more understand and more remember? Uh, yeah, well, I,
0: like, I like short chapters, I like short paragraphs, and I like short sentences.
1: Right, hey, and you do that
0: much.
1: Like all three. Like, like, and you do implement that in the area. In the area. So uh, before we, we're going to talk about uh, the Kaiser Web in the next segment, but uh, you are considered the master of contemporary thriller. So how did you really? become, that's what I, 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 I that. well, that's what somebody quoted you as saying. I don't know if that's your publishers or, and it says that uh, how, how, how do you think you became one of these popular successful thriller writers well,
0: I, I don't i certainly don't consider myself a master but i do consider myself <laughs> someone who's done this done this a long time and so uh, i've i've you know i've been a commercial fiction writer now going on 18 years and, and published 18 years but i've been writing him for 30 years so uh i i've I'd like to think I've learned something along the way that I know how to put a novel together and I can entertain a mass audience with it. It's it's something you have to practice at, and you have to work at, and I've worked very hard over the years to to develop my craft, and I'm I, I'm still learning every day, and I'm still changing and adapting every day. And it's it's hard to keep everything fresh. It's hard to keep everything going. Uh, I'm fortunate that I can do. I only have to do one book a year, which is wonderful, and I can focus on that one book and It takes me every day of twelve months to create that book. so I need that time and uh, luckily i haven 't got to a point where i 'm doing two a year uh, but uh, it's it 's been gratifying to see the audience grow i mean I have to pinch myself sometimes because you know when I, when i you know when I started out. You know, from the day I wrote my first word to the day I sold my first word was 12 years. And I had eight, I wrote eight manuscripts during that 12 years. Five went to New York publishing houses. They were rejected 85 times. I made it the 86th time, 12 years after I started. So I literally couldn't give a book away, you know, at that, at that point in time. And now we have... Twenty-five million books in fifty countries and forty languages around the world, which is just
1: amazing. So I yeah, have to pinch myself. You that. had, but well, you definitely need to pinch yourself. But it ha- it happens. But for your persistence in in continuing submission, I, I was I've been always amazed at, at that, and I'm I'm extremely proud that you continued and didn't give up uh, because I, I found every one of them. I found all your books definitely a thriller. I mean, it makes me. Would not want to put it down, and my wife sometimes kicks me, and she says, "Gary, it's two o'clock in the morning. Why are you still reading? We need to go to bed, you know." And and she she does that all the time when I read your books. That uh, I just want to finish it. I mean, I'm so enthralled. I don't want to put it down because I I, I said I'm going to stop right here. No, nope, that you you just keep keep. Uh, keep uh, edging me on to keep finding out what's going to happen next, and uh, I, do, I do feel that... Uh,
0: that's the object of the game, and that's why I write those short chapters, though, so you can't stop along the way if you want to.
1: Well, I stop and take a break, but I, I, they're even pondering when I take the break to come back. So your new novel, The Kaiser's Web, will, begin, will be available on the 23rd, but luckily your publishers gave me an advanced copy to read, and... Another, I tell all of my listeners today, it's another fantastic novel with so many twists and turns and unexpected events and happenings. And uh, I highly recommend you get a copy when it's available. And It's going to be a great read. You're going to, you're going to hard, it's going to be difficult to put down it and not finish it. I will tell you that. So what did, what inspired you again to write this particular novel?
0: Well, as I said, I was doing some research on another novel and I came across something that I didn't know. <laughs> and then I said, Well, that can't be true or is it true? Let's find out. So I did some additional research on it, sure enough it, it was true. And so I spent a year doing the doing, you know, putting the research together while I was writing the novel and and that little germ of an idea became a book. Uh, one of the things I wanted to do with this novel is I also wanted to get Cotton Malone into some new places. So I was able to get him to South America, which is what I've been wanting to do for a long, long time. I wanted to, and I wanted I got him to South Africa as well, which All I wanted right. to do. So I got him there and I got him to Switzerland and I got him around the country Bringing him back to Germany where the climax takes place. This book is quite timely because it deals with Uh, a nationalistic movement in Germany, and there is one going on in Germany and all across Europe right now. Uh, And it's very very prevalent and very strong, and so this novel deals with that topic. Uh, But it also deals, as I said, with something from World War II, a holdover that is still relevant today and still has a lot of bearing. And one of the things I could say without giving anything away of the book is it deals with what happened on April 30th, 1945 in the Fuhrer bunker beneath Berlin. Uh, there's been enormous amounts of things written about what happened there with Hitler and Eva Braun and Martin Bormann and a whole bunch of other people. We have literally no idea what happened there. We have little to no idea. Now, I want to say to the readers this is not a book about Hitler surviving the war or anything like that, because I, I take the position he died there, and the Soviets found his body, and they concealed that from everybody and didn't tell anyone that Hitler was dead because they wanted to keep the West off guard. This book's about something else entirely, something else, something different, and it deals with the you know a central character. It deals with is Martin Bormann, who is one of the most fascinating characters out of World War Two. He was a ruthless, vicious, narcissistic, selfish, arrogant man who, thank God, was not actually in charge of Germany. If he had been in charge, things might have been even worse than it it came down. Thankfully, he was was basically Hitler's second-in-command, becoming Hitler's personal secretary. So he had a lot of control, and he had a lot of influence. And there's some things he did... In late 1944 and early 1945, that I think the reader is going to go, "Wow, I had no idea. I didn't know that happened." And that's what I said. Still, <laughs> like, wow, I didn't know that, and and uh, those things are going to have bearing on the German national elections, which the novel deals with. So it's a it's an interesting story that Cotton gets caught up in, and something that is going to take him. Quite a journey. He and Cassiopeia both. And so Cassiopeia is back in this book, and she's front and center and very prominent in the story.
1: Wait, can you can you mention that about the secret dossier?
0: Well, I, let's just say there's there's some documents that we were not aware of until the fall of the Soviet Union in 1990, and when we the, when historians finally got into those
1: archives,
0: they found some things that were quite Surprising things that altered history, and this novel deals with some of
1: that yeah. it does yeah, which is it, that it, to me what was fascinating that uh, and a lot of not a lot of information has been shared about that i I would say. Uh, but you you bring it to the f- forefront. I kept I'm, I continue my research after I read your book about some of this. So it's pretty. pretty easy. And the other one um, I don't think you will give it away is where did the billions billions of Nazi wealth disappear to
0: at the end of the war? That's a good. That's that's another aspect of the novel that I never really realized is the flood of currency and gold and silver and patents and all kinds stocks and bonds just billions and billions flowed out of Germany in late 1944 and 1945, and they ended up in banks all across the globe, and I never realized a lot of that, and this novel is going to explore that in great detail, and you're going to learn a lot about what happened there, and that wealth, some of it to this day, is still unaccounted for.
1: Amazing. Totally amazing. much. Which- which, but you tell them you interwine this with the, the 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 two people that are running vying to become chancellor of Germany, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. There's a a lady who is the chancellor. She's been chancellor for a while, um, and she's a you know kind of a middle of the road moderate who you know is is well liked. But she's reaching the end of her time, and she's being challenged by a, a nationalistic candidate who's raising a populist movement. And it's not un- uncommon. This is something, uh, you know, that uh, races all across Europe have seen, have seen this happen. And she's in the fight for her life. And it's a close election and anything could tip the balance. And they're both after secrets on the other. And they both find secrets on the other, but they're secrets that they didn't really realize. And there's a there's almost like a double surprise to the reader towards the end of the novel.
1: There is. It's like, I I would... like a
0: double climax to the novel,
1: yeah. Yeah, which, wow. You think it's
0: over. You think it's over. You think you got it, and then there's something else that comes along.
1: Yeah, that surprised me, Steve. I don't think too many of your novels do that. I can't remember, but that one really caught me off guard. I said, oh, whoa, what's happening now? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah. Great, a great. Uh, last few chapters were just, but the whole book was good. But the last few chapters were quite surprising how a twist changed. and That's your web, and um, well, tell the listeners why. You, I know why, but why? Why did you call it the Kaiser's Web?
0: Well, I, I didn't want to call it. I didn't want to call it anything that actually pointed to World War II. So I was careful about that. As I said, that's been done to death, and. I wanted it to be something a little more, I don't know, a little oblique, but also relevant. So the the Kaiser, the, the word Kaiser has a meaning in the novel, and the reader will figure that out, you know, about halfway through, what that word means. And the web is what was set in place. So I was, I debated the title of this book for a long time, because it, you know, it I'm usually a little more direct with my titling. <laughs> yep. This one's a little more... This is a little bit more oblique than normal. But I really like it. It gives it a nice feel. Of course, there was no Kaiser in World War II. No. Kaiser was gone by in 1933, basically. It was over with and eliminated when Hitler took power. So all of that was over. But the Kaiser in this book is something else entirely, something, something
1: different. Right. It is. It is. So... Um... Let, let's give. I'm trying not to give it away, but again, it's a great book, quite interesting. It's a, definitely a thriller. It, it every page, it, it's very suspenseful. And, and uh, Cotton and uh, Cassiopeia is in there this time, and it, they it's really in, intertwined, and they get involved. And again, I love the the the, the travels, and they have to go to various places. Uh, that, uh, yeah. Including Switzerland and South America and South Africa. So uh, did and you the get the reader
0: th- also going? Yeah, they're going to get a good feel for the German national election process. I wanted the reader to learn that running for national office in Germany is very, very different than running for national office in America.
1: Can, can you give and, a, Can you give a little synopsis about well, that?
0: They, well, they well they the way they do it over there. You know, your your political advertising is very different. Uh, <laughs> there's rules and restrictions on all of that kind of thing. And they're basically pandering the the Chancellor's picked by the national legislature. So you've got to elect enough people in the national legislature to vote to make you Chancellor. And so you not only have to win and beat the person your your you know, win your seat back you also have to win over a majority of the the Bundestag, which is the the German national parliament, who selects the president. And it's a it's a very interesting process the way it works. It's not it's not done like it is here. It's it's a it's a, it's a process that that is ripe for manipulation,
1: <laughs> and
0: you have to be very 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 careful about it. And the rules and restrictions, now, American campaigning has been slowly kind of infiltrating into German elections. And one of the candidates at this election begins to use American tactics over there. And they've been doing that. That's actually been happening over there. But it's a, it's a different way of running. And I think the reader's going to go, wow, that's interesting. I mean, we don't really have that here. And they also have time limits on it. You don't run for chancellor for three years. You know, like here, when you run for president, you start like three years before the election. Right. uh it doesn't work that over there it's a it's a very confined process in a very tight time frame
1: and so and, how long how many years have they had this uh, type oh, it's of, been a way, uh,
0: that's the way it's been there for a long time It's loosening up a little bit now because American styles and tactics are beginning to come in. You have the internet now you have all of these things that are that candidates there are discovering and discovering how to use these things social media is coming into play now all of that's coming in that was not there before and so i wanted the reader to also get an understanding of how it how it is to run to be the national leader of germany
1: so it's, it's quite complex which i found it was quite complex in, in the reading at first i had to read about that twice a few times you, that you discussed it throughout the novel but it it, it is a little bit more complex then then we have an it's, it's complex
0: and it's also a little more simpler in some respects to to the point that we would go wow that doesn't seem very fair very fair it seems like you should be able to do this mm-hmm. this this uh, not just you know you don't you don't see over there for example your entire airways buried up in commercials <laughs> uh you know that's not that's not something that you that it's beginning to change, but that's not something you saw in the past very much. It, it's a different style of campaigning and a different style of way things are done.
1: Well, I wish it would change in America. We have too many uh, hours and hours of uh, ads on television and other radio on um, political issues. Um,
0: well, the difference here is we have a First Amendment and they don't. Uh, so
1: they do they not have, have a First you. Amendment. I thought they do. Well, did. no,
0: they don't have. They don't have a freedom of expression in Germany at all, not, not In fact, it's, it's illegal over there to even mention anything about you, 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 there's strict rules about mentioning things about Hitler and Nazis and things like that. That There's rules against speech on that. Hmm. Where here in this country that would be unheard of. We have a First Amendment. You can say what you want here hmm. pretty much. You just can't scream fire in a crowded theater here. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not protected. But You you can. Uh, we have a First Amendment and they don't and that makes a difference here.
1: Hmm. Uh, I didn't catch that in the novel. Maybe it was in there somewhere, but I, did, I no, didn't. No, no, I it. didn't.
0: But that, that's not in there. I just threw that in here. But, uh, but same thing. Same thing in England. England doesn't have a First Amendment. They don't have that either. They have much tougher slander and law, libel laws. It's there's a lot different in in England than it is here because we have, as I said, the First Amendment is much broader here.
1: Well, well, tell the listeners why do you have all this background because you used to be an attorney, and I thought you said you used to be a constitutional.
0: Well, I was I, I loved constitutional law, and I would love to practice it full time, but I wasn't able to, to. I was a trial lawyer, and and so I was in court. You know, I, I did a, for thirty years. That's what I was was a trial attorney. But I loved constitutional law. That was my favorite area, and I've done four novels. True. You know, with the Constitution. You know, I think Jefferson Key, Patriot Threat, Lincoln Myth. Uh, these, all, all of those dealt with an American uh, constitutional issue. Lost Order where I had one in there, too. So yeah. there's four of them there had uh, dealt with uh, something from the Constitution that's very interesting, uh, like a flaw in the document that we explore in the novel.
1: And they were all wonderful. Those are amongst my favorite books, and we'll we'll talk about that in a minute. But again, this is the Kaiser Web. Um, Steve is giving you a little snippet about it. I found it quite interesting. Another fantastic novel. So many twists and turns, and the unexpected events. And as he said, the ending will you definitely uh, will find the ending quite interesting. Uh, make sure you order your pre-copy or pick up the copy beginning on February the twenty-third in our area. So uh, before we before we finish our discussion about Kaiser, I found this fascinating. You start the novel and end the novel with a quote. Can you share the quote with our readers? You me? Can I say it to him? I thought you we, can say
0: it. Yeah, yeah. I don't have it in front of me. I, okay. have, the, I, I know it generally, but I don't have the exact. The word.
1: masses have little time to think. And how incredible is the willingness of modern man to believe?
0: An interesting it. quote, and we're not quite sure who said it. Some say Mussolini said it. Some say Hitler said it. It's, I went with Hitler, and Hitler was one who said it. Some said jo- Joseph, Joseph Goebbels, who was Hitler's propaganda minister, said it. We're not quite sure who said it, but it was said in the mid-part of the 20th century. And I came across it, and... I found it fascinating, you know, Mm -hmm. and then I came across another quote that was said, again, we don't know exactly who said this one either, is, you know, tell a lie, make it big, and keep telling it. (laughs) If you can do that enough, it works, and this is how, this is how really the Third Reich was born, you know, just tell a lie, make it big, keep telling it.
1: Over and over so, and over again. Over yeah. and over,
0: just keep keep telling it. And so these are these are interesting concepts. I mean, everybody might say, "Well, that's just real timely right now," but please keep in mind, I wrote the novel two years ago. <laughs> so the the novel was written in 2018, uh, turned in in no, I'm sorry, 2019, turned in in January of 2020
1: for publication wow.
0: 21. So I wrote this book long before the events that have occurred here recently. Amazing and. Uh, but so this is not a, a recent problem either. This is a problem that's been going on all across the globe for a long, long time. And so I wanted to explore that. I wanted to explore this thing about you know the, the, the willingness of the masses to believe. And it's, it is quite scary sometimes how the masses will believe. Yes. And if you tell a lie and make it big and keep telling it enough, they will believe it and if you keep saying it. So it's interesting. This book explores all of that. It goes into it, and, um, and it's kind of interesting because, as I said, I wrote it two years ago.
1: Yes, you've you've done that for several other books. That when I interviewed you, I was saying, "Wow, this is happening today," and you said, mm-hmm. "I don't know how it, how I could figure that it just out." Just worked out. I, I, you know, two years ago I was working on the book, and it it showed, sure enough, and uh, and very.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, if you just, it's just a, it's just one of those things. I wanted to explore these things and. And of course, if, if you had told me then that you know people would storm the United States Capitol and you know and, and go in, I would have said you're crazy. I mean, you're making that. I mean, there's no way. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it it does happen and it does work. And this willingness of the masses to believe is a little bit frightening. And this novel, you know, will give a, a readers a chance to explore that in a you in know in in, in 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 within a story that I, is, inter, is also entertaining and captivating as well, I hope.
1: It is. It is. It's quite entertaining. Okay, so uh, I'm sure you've been asked this question. I've had several people wanting me to ask you, what is your favorite of, of all your 20-something novels? What's your favorite?
0: Well, I love all my children equally. I've told you that before. <laughs> I, like, I like them all. Each one is very special because each one was created very special, and I wanted to create it, and I wanted that that to come to life. But and I've also said, though, if you made me pick, if I had to pick and I had to really, really choose, I would choose a non Cotton Malone novel. I would choose the Romanoff prophecy.
1: Oh, wow. And,
0: and the reason why I would choose that is because the idea for that novel came to me during a tour of the Kremlin. And I got the whole plot in like an hour. <laughs> it just came to me. And I wrote the book in about 90 to 120 days really that has never happened before or since it was just one of those books that kind of came together and everything miles lord does in russia mm-hmm. i did too and i got to i got to actually plot the novel and research the novel right on the ground and then i came home and i wrote it it just never i've never had anyone any any book come to me that quickly and and, and play itself out so smoothly and so that's why it's always been a little special to
1: me well that is you've never told us on all the 11 shows and i've, I've always mentioned the roman prophecy was one of my favorites and that was the first book i ever read of yours i thought it was fascinating You I, said, that? I,
0: I love that i love the story it's a nice tight story that deals with something very interesting and it would make a terrific movie and <laughs> Maybe you know uh, a fine actor by the name of Brooks Darnell has optioned the book Ooh. He wants to be Miles Lord, whether that'll ever happen i don 't know but oh, he I hope so. really loves it he loves it and he he wants to do it and right now it's impossible because you 'd have to go to Russia to film this thing, and so you, you know you know none of that's the problem with all my books, except for the american books you 've got to go overseas to film these things, and right now that 's just not possible.
1: Well, not now it is, but hopefully this will get away and we'll be able to go. That's one place I haven't visited is Russia. I had planned to go in 2020. I already already had arrangements and everything had to be canceled. And even uh, my Russian friends were so disappointed I wouldn't be able to go there. But I will tell you, based upon your book, The Emperor's Tomb, tell the listeners a little bit about that. That's another one of my favorites. Well,
0: that's the book that deals with – it's interesting. It's a book that deals with oil that has nothing to do with the Middle East. Right, nothing at all. It's a book that deals with China and with the first emperor of China, Qin, who united China, and that's where they got the name for the country from. And so, it deals with something with him. It deals with the the the, uh, the emperor Qin is buried with the terracotta warriors that people have seen. His tomb is the greatest archaeological site in all of China, but it's sealed, and the Chinese will not allow anyone inside which is fascinating, why they will not go in there, since it is the greatest archaeological find thing that they have, they just won't let anybody in there, so Cotton Malone, of course, gets in there, and he deals <laughs> with this thing, and it's a fascinating thing that deals with oil, a theory that regarding oil that, again, shocked me, I didn't know that it actually existed, and the reader's going to go like, wow, I never realized that. See, we, we all believe oil is finite. I mean, that there's a, a fine, only a finite amount of oil in the ground. And you can only take, once you take it out, it's gone. And that's what gives oil its value. It's a finite commodity. But what if it wasn't? What if it was an infinite commodity? And the Russians truly believe this. They truly believe it is. And there's a lot of evidence to indicate that it may very well be an infinite commodity. That really changes everything it does. And so this book deals with
1: all of that And I, to give you a postscript on that That encouraged me and my wife One of them but, To go to China So back in 2019 we went 30 days And I got to visit the terracotta And I asked them a few questions A uh, bike tour guide and a few others And they said no we can't let you Nobody goes into the, into the tube But you can see the terracotta waters Which was fascinating God that was just like totally remarkable and we spent uh, two days in that area. You which know, learned a lot. But I also brought up the fact about the oil that in your book and referenced your book. Uh my tour guides were from China and they they were not aware of it. it said, Mr. Caligas, you you're very astute. Yes, that is that is true. Uh, and, but they don't really promote it a lot. Uh, interestingly enough, now not. my book
0: uh, has some, some mentions in the novel about Tenement Square and what happened in Tenement Square, mm-hmm. and they will not print anything that has Tenement Square referenced
1: in it. That. Well, that's right. It's not available not not available in China, but uh, but it is available in other parts of the country, the world that I've been to, uh, I'm sure. So uh, the other, uh, I think, I think one of the most fascinating. I tell a lot of my. Um, my my people that are from Great Britain in that area, your your uh, your King's Deception book was just totally remarkable, I thought, and it, it just opens up a lot of questions. But you you blend in a great story there. Tell tell us uh, uh, a little deals, bit about that one.
0: No, it deals with Elizabeth the who was Queen of England in the latter part of the 16th century, and and just a few years into the 17th century, she died in 1603. Uh, and the question of whether or not Elizabeth I was a man or a woman, and you might say, well, that's absurd. Well, I thought so too, until I started in the, the, researching the novel. When I began to put everything together, I became convinced, and I'm convinced now that she was not a, a, a woman; she was a man. And this story deals with that. So you may say, well, who cares? Well, it matters. It changes everything. In fact, it will. It would alter. What happened in Northern Ireland? It would change the mm-hmm. entire concept of Northern Ireland. And I will say this: that the plot of the story was so volatile and <laughs> so plausible that my British publisher made me change aspects of it before he could print the book.
1: Wow, I didn't know that.
0: Because, well, he didn't want he didn't want to inflame anyone in Northern Ireland with these concepts because the. the as I said, novels and things over there, there's no First Amendment. They're treated much differently over there than they're treated here. You might say, well, that's ludicrous here. We just print what we want, and you just get over it. Well, it doesn't <laughs> work that way over there. <laughs> so uh, I had to make some adjustments to the plot in order to satisfy that, but it's, it deals with something very interesting, an interesting theory called the Bisley Boy Legend, and I came across it while while in Central England, and I was able to weave an interesting Cotton Malone tale that deals with Cotton's son, uh, Gary, who's involved in this novel and that novel. And it's a fascinating story about a fascinating piece of history. And when you get done, you're going to pretty much say to yourself, "You know, he's right. I think
1: I think she was amazing." Yeah. That's what I feel after I after I read it. I've read it twice and I thought it was so and I give I recommend. But again, everyone, I, I will highly recommend all of his books. You're gonna learn a little history. It's gonna be suspenseful, it's gonna be easy reading. You're gonna learn something, and definitely do not read the editor's notes until you finish, and then go back through and you'll find out what is fact and what is fiction and then you can do some further research. That's what I've been doing, Steve, all your books that I've read. I keep them in my library and I, I even refer back to them occasionally. I show people here's some here's some interesting trivia you're probably not aware of. Uh, and it, it really, it really uh, uh, my friends and, and visitors and family members find it quite fascinating. So thank you again for joining us today here in the best of times. Best of luck to you and to, to Elizabeth and stay safe and healthy during these pandemic times. I hope you haven't had it and I hope you get the vaccine soon if you haven't had it. And, I'm halfway.
0: I got, I've got half the vaccine. I'll get the other half so soon. We're good. We're, we've been hunkered down pretty well. And as I said, the readers can find out all about me and my books at steveberry.org. And True. the Kaiser's Web is available for pre-order now. And you can do it at your favorite online store or at your local
1: bookstore. That's right. And it will be available February 23rd. But you can, again, visit his website, steveberry.org. He's got a fantastic uh, website. And uh, looking forward to. Uh, oh, before we close, give us the last um, snippet about your next novel. Could you give us a little hint? Next
0: novel's going to be. Next novel's going to be interesting. It's going to be a standalone novel. Cotton's going to take a year off. Oh. And we're got. I have a new character that I'm creating, an interesting character. It's still going to be action, history, secrets, conspiracies. It's still going to have all the, the history. They still have all that, but a new character with some new. New things involved in it, a, a little bit of a of some of a new creation, and it will be uh, it will be coming out in the summer of two thousand and twenty-two, and right now it's titled it's called the twelfth panel. It will actually deal. And I'll give you a quick snippet with the most stolen piece of art in history.
1: Hmm. Most now everybody's got
0: to go find out what that is. It's okay. the most stolen piece of art in history.
1: Okay, I read so something about it, that.
0: In the, will yeah. deal with the, It's going to deal with that. It's called the twelfth panel. A new character and some new, new things, but the same thing as far as action, history, secrets, and conspiracies. Something very interesting.
1: Wow, can't wait! Can't wait to pick that up. Again, thank you for joining us today on the Best of Times Radio Hour. All right, thank you. Thank you. Thank you again, everyone, for listening to our show. Hope you'll join us next Saturday for another interesting show that could benefit you or any of your loved ones. Learn more about our magazine, radio show, and events by visiting our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times, both today and every day. Have a great day.